y'all. Hey, welcome to the season finale of Say It To Me Nice podcast. Podcast all about sex, intimacy, love, relationships, and where I overuse the word fuck a whole lot because it is my favorite word. And you guys, if y'all been rocking with me this whole season, you should know that by now. So for this season finale, I have an absolutely wonderful guest. I'm so super excited about this topic today because this is something that I have wanted to cover quite some time, but I wanted to ensure that the guest that I had was Black. Blackity, black, black. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce Shanae Adams. I want to put a doctor in front of your name so bad. If oh, you, it's in the works. Okay. <laughs> this I have I have been like practicing. I'm like, Dr. Shanae. I'm like, wait, I'm making this. So I'm telling you that the universe is willing it for you. It's coming through me. Doctor, future Doctor Shanae Adams, uh, Shanae, please tell the listeners who you are and how you're changing the world. Absolutely. So my name is Shanae Adams. My pronouns are she and they. I identify as a queer, masculine, centered Black femme, um, which is both an identity and a political affiliation. I am a sexuality professional in simplest terms. So all that means is that I have been educating, lecturing, teaching about topics that fall underneath the banner of sexuality for 10 going on 11 years now and that banner is very vast i can actually probably make anything underneath the banner of sexuality if you give me some caffeine in five minutes um i (laughs) I run a um sexuality a sex positive pleasure-based sexuality comprehensive education um and consultation business called honestly nay where i go out and i do lectures i do podcasts i do workshops um both for the community and also for professionals around pleasure-based um comprehensive topics i am also a mental health clinician so i am a licensed professional counselor candidate in the state of colorado um, and I have a clinical private practice where I help majority queer millennials, which are queer millennials. Um, mm-hmm. and I see people for a variety of everything from anxiety to depression to trauma to sexuality related issues to non-traditional issues like non-monogamy and kink. I'm also a professional dominatrix um, and I am a fetish and kink practitioner and facilitator. So not only do I help people bring their fantasies to life, but I can assist you directly in bringing that fantasy to life and i run a sex positive collaborative here in denver colorado where i'm based called christmas house with my co-founder where we center on serving cutesy bipoc folks and sex workers but we show up to community however called whether that's having food drives clothing drives um we made a lot of the little um riot kits for the protesters and we're hella heavy in the lobbying game right now for the decriminalization of sex work in Colorado and beyond. And I probably do other things as well, but that's all that's in my brain right now. You are busy as fuck and I love it. I want all of that. That is amazing. Yeah, I'm trying to move out of this booked and busy to moderately scheduled and well-rested. That's what that's what we're trying to do this summer. <laughs> Listen, I understand that wholeheartedly. So hopefully you can get some rest in while you're saving the world at the same damn time. (laughs) So the term of the week, listeners, if you hadn't already guessed, is kink. Shanae, can you please tell our listeners like a roundabout, what is kink? Yeah, so kink is an umbrella term that is kind of like a catch-all for what I like to say is intentional 
pleasure. So kink can mean doing things that engage and excite pleasure in you both sexually and non-sexually. So if you love to walk around your house in your silk robe, I'd say that that was a kink. If you like to choke your partner when you're doing what you do, I'd say that was a kink. If you like giving Black Femmes cash, I'd say that was a kink. So really, it's anything that you do that gives you pleasure, that is ritualized, or that you're very intentional with. You know, you have a clear image and idea of what you're hoping to receive from it, and you engage in it with that intention in mind. Oh, I love it. I love it. I've never thought of it that way. You said something that struck me when you said, um, if you like to be choked, that's a kink. I don't know if it's, I've been in this industry too long, but for me, that is like, I thought that was like hella vanilla because I'm like, oh, this is just a thing people do. <laughs> I mean, oh. People just, people just do this, you know, it's, it's part of sex. I do it. It's great. <laughs> so it, it, this just, it normalizes it for me because I'm like, everyone does it, but everyone doesn't. Yeah, well, everyone doesn't. And even, you know, the term vanilla, I feel like it's a bad rap. Um, because people think that if you're vanilla, you're less than, or your sex isn't exciting, or your life isn't exciting. And I always like to tell people that, you know, when we think about kink, you have to think about it the same way you think about ice cream. Especially if you have an ice cream that you like to put stuff in. So, like, my mm-hmm. cookies and cream, my Rocky Road keeps. You need really tasty, solid vanilla ice cream. Because if you have nasty vanilla ice cream, you just got shitty ice cream with a bunch of shit in it. So, you know, as you're expanding your kinky toolkit, as you're adding all those sprinkles and those concoctions to your ice cream, a good solid level of you're wanting to experience and knowing how to like listen and show up for your partner, that's a wonderful foundation to have. Vanilla definitely gets a bad rap. Right, right. So I do know that I do love I do love a good Rocky Road or a, a butter pecan, you know, the old lady ice cream, butter pecan. That's that's my shit. But that's a really good way to to put it. If you start off with some like gross bleh, or mediocre as vanilla ice cream, it doesn't matter what you put in it. It's still going to be trash. So mm-hmm. you have to be willing to put the things into it. Be that work. You know me, I'm always talking about putting the work in to to understand and to work toward the sex that you want to have through communication, through investing in courses and workshops with Black sexuality educators. I'm going to keep repping and saying that. Yeah, um, but doing things of that nature to to get you to, to whatever your true North sexually is. I love it. Yay. So for you. What is the most common kink that, that you come across? Sure. So as I think back to this workshop that I just gave where I ranked, you know, the top five kinks, the most common kinks for Americans right now are sensation plays. So playing with the senses. So whether that's, you know, um, choosing something that tastes really good, something that feels really good, something that smells really good, something that you hear that feels really good or something that you um, see that looks really good. So engaging in sensation play. So that can look like, you know, setting the mood or that can look like um, really being intentional about the activities that you're getting into. But a really close second to sensation play is novelty play. And novelty just speaks to trying something new. And that can be, you know, just imagining, visioning in your mind what a new and exciting experience could be like. Or actually like trying something new, trying a new position, trying a new partner, trying a new sit, trying a new whatever, a new sex toy. So the novelty of it, the new new of it is definitely one of the top 
kinks right now for Americans. Oh, wow. Why do you think that is? Why Why do you think the novelty, the, the novelty or the sensate play, like why is that so popular right now? Yeah, so for sensation play, I would say it's most popular because it doesn't take a lot of energy. It doesn't take, it doesn't take a lot of work. And most importantly, it doesn't take any money. So when people think about kink, they think about, you know, buying genuine quality leather and buying floggers and buying rope and absolutely you can do all of those things i have an entire wall dedicated to all of those things in my house dungeon but by far the most um to the tool that i use the most is just my own body and it's my own it's my own imagination mm-hmm. um and so because it's so easily accessible that means that so many other people can really get into it kink also provides an opportunity for you to get creative so if you have a partner who's differently bodied or differently abled or differently minded you know you're able to really create a unique experience based on what it is they're hoping to experience Mm -hmm. and novelty play is really popular just because you know choice is the spice of life you know being able to experience something new go somewhere new creates you know those warm tinglies and why not bring that into your your bedroom or wherever you're getting it in or i love it I love it. It it brings that freshness in. Now, now pause. Don't think I'm going to just sashay past the fact that you said you have an entire wall dedicated to the genuine leather and the lushness in your house dungeon. I need I need blueprints. (laughs) I need to know what what this be like. What? Yeah. So sensation play is one of my um one of my specialties uh, and my dom personality, but my dom persona is a sensual bratty vampire who specializes in sensation play and specializes in um, psychological domination. And so just the act of having, you know, a wall dedicated to these things is how the psych dom starts. So you see this and you're already like anticipating what, what experiences are going to happen to you and maybe even what other people have experienced when they've walked into this space. Um, and then, you know, I like to have my things easily accessible. Plus a lot of leather likes to be hung. It doesn't want to be folded and like tucked away in a drawer. So I give it, you know, a principal spot on the wall. So that way it's energy and it's attention is always with me, no matter what I'm doing. Like speaking that, that's dope as fuck. I like this. Okay. Sorry. I just, I, I couldn't let, I couldn't just move past that. Like it was, <laughs> that was golden. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah. So thoughts on kink in the black community. So one thing, the reason this episode for me was the season finale, because I was very intentional about wanting representation because I know that there, there is an entire kink community of, of black or, or in brown individuals, but I, it was so hard for me to find. Uh-huh. And, and I, I know of you. I hate to, I hate to say I know people because I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. Yes, I know them. Then I'm like, I ain't never had no conversation with you. But we did that. Um, oh, don't rush challenge. And I was like, oh, I remember. So that's how uh-huh. I remembered you. But to just uh-huh. Google and just look for a wealth of, of um, representation from the Black community and the kink was really, really hard. Even on TikTok, it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so what, yeah, are yeah. Your, what are your thoughts? Is it common? Am I just looking in the wrong places? 
So I would say that the the Black kinky community does exist, but just like any minority identity, you know, to be Black and to be kinky, to be at the intersection of both of those minority identities, Mm -hmm. that just means that community is very small Mm -hmm. and community can be very hard to find, especially with, I know in Colorado, the Black people here are very like siloed. So we're here, but we all exist in our own little containers. And unless you know somebody in that container, unless you have access to that container, it's really hard to get into that container. And sometimes that can happen for the kinky community of color and and the Black kink community in particular. Uh, Another thing that I would say probably contributes to a lot of the difficulty, I know that when I go out into Black communities and I talk about for um, one of the big things that I end up talking a lot is about the about kink as an intervention for trauma and how kink can facilitate, you know, a healing and a releasing of trauma. The first thing that I hear from Black people when I say, hey, I do kink is, ah, that's white people shit. Mm-hmm. Because if you get on Google and you Google kink, what you gonna see? White people, cis, yeah. yeah, cis looking people, yeah. very skinny people. So if you have a bigger body or if you um, you see, you tend to see a lot of femmes in submissive roles. So if you're mm-hmm. a femme who wants to be in a dominant role, if you don't have that representation, if you don't see it, you don't know that you can be it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, I know for Black people in particular, that some of the activities that we do in kit reflects a lot of the activities stem to our ancestors. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole kind of... Um, a whole, a whole kind of like healing process that has to that that might have to occur for some people in order for them to be able to engage in kink. So it's 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 twofold, right? There's a lack of representation prominently of black and brown kinksters. There's the societal bullshit that we have to get through before we can allow ourselves to experience these communities. And then there's also just a lack of knowledge about how black people kink, because if all we know is what white people are doing, I definitely am not interested for experiencing kink the same way that they experience kink. So it makes a lot of sense. It just means that there's a little bit more work for me and my kinky fam to do. Right, right. I love it. I love it. I'm looking for more classes. Um, like I said, this is something I've been interested in for quite some time, but just I just don't have the wealth outside of the classes that they they that we have to take for certification. Like I just don't have any hands-on experience um with things outside of what I quote unquote consider my norm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. But you, you touched on something, kink as, as um, used in trauma or to address mm-hmm. trauma. So that was that was one of my big things because I, I want to say you taught a class um, and I had a prior engagement because I really wanted to take it where you discussed kink as a healing practice. Mm-hmm. What talk, talk a little bit about how, how does one incorporate kink into a healing <laughs> practice? Yeah, so the first thing that I would say is this, it can... How do I want to say it without coming off like classes in a sense, you know, like, um, I think that it's important if you're using kink as a healing intervention for trauma that you seek a professional, that you seek someone who knows how to create this space and that you seek someone who is versed in how these interventions can play into one another. That is not to say that you can experience a certain level of liberation and a certain level of healing just doing kinky shit with your partner, with a person that you trust. But if you're trying to be very like intentional with it, I would definitely say that you want to reach out to a professional. And the reason why I find that kink is a great intervention for trauma is because if we scan the bodies and the brains of people who are engaging in kinky activities and people who have engaged or who have been subjected to trauma, we see quite a few similarities. And what I think can happen and what some other folks, um, some other folks that I'm working with and writing a book with as well is that 
when we craft the experience, you know, because you don't get to consent and control your trauma, but you get to consent and control your kink. So when we create a container with a very particular experience we're hoping to facilitate, we can use the exact same wiring that your body has followed when it was accepting trauma to accept liberation with kink as a form of releasing that trauma in a sense. So that's not to say that, you know, that you're going to forget the trauma or that the trauma hasn't happened, but trauma can rewire your body. And kink gives you an opportunity to understand that wiring and hack that wiring to use it for the benefit of yourself. Mm. So it's almost like you, 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 you pull your power back to you. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. As I was drafting the questions for today, I was like, this was, I really hate that I missed the class, but I was like, I I wondered how, how does, how can you incorporate kink into healing practice? But that makes 100% sense. Like Mm -hmm. any, any opportunity that you have to liberate yourself and take your own power back is, is, has the possibility to do great things for you overall. Absolutely. Oh my God. Goodness. Kink for me definitely is a liberation just because there's so much liberation in in knowing yourself and knowing that this is what I want and this is what I like and going up to someone and saying this is what I want and this is what I like and creating a container in which you're able to experience those things. And so people see, you know, they see the seat, right? They see the spanking, they see the choking, they see the wax play, but people don't see all of the conversation that's happening before, you know, as a pro dom, the first session that I spend with people is really just getting to know you and and earning your trust because Mm -hmm. I am relying on you to trust me to provide this experience in which you're going to give in and kind of like free your inhibitions. But I also need to trust that if at some time something is not going right, that you will speak up and you will tell me, Mm -hmm. right? Because this is all about you and your experience. So the conversations we're having before, we're building consent. We're talking about what you want, why you want it, what your boundaries are. Yes, touch zones, no touch zones. I would never ask someone to lay their trauma out in front of me. But if we're recreating a scene for you to be able to take your power back, I need as many details as you can give me. So that way I can create that container for you. Right. And then once we're done with everything, you know, I want to know what aftercare looks like for you. What do you need to be able to move out of this space and into the space of the rest of your life like how can I bring you back down to homeostasis so you're leaving equal to or better than when you came in here because we never want to send you out worse than we want you to be equal to or better than when you come into this space Mm -hmm. and it all it's definitely a talent and it's a skill and it's it's a lot more than just the you know just the 20 minute spanking that people see right is that communication piece. And the, the one thing about this podcast that I really want to be clear about is the importance of clear, open, honest uh, sexual communication and what that looks like and the benefits of it. Um, you talked a little bit about aftercare, before care, and it's all communication, right? Um, mm-hmm. Aftercare, and, and it could be physical as well, but you can't skip the conversation about what is and what should not be. And the aftercare and talk to a little talk to us a little bit about what aftercare is. Absolutely. So aftercare is something that I think a lot of people have a lot more experience than mm-hmm. a lot a lot more experience with than they think. So if after you get off of work and you put on your favorite song in the car to drive home to, 
that's aftercare. Mm-hmm. If you be 20 minutes away from the children to collect your life after playing with them all day, that's aftercare. Mm-hmm. If you gotta take your bra off and shake your titties after you've been at work all day, that is aftercare. So aftercare is essentially a way for you to be able to let go of what has happened and move into the next part of the rest of your day. So in a kinky setting, aftercare could look like cuddles. It could look like conversation. It could look like ice packs and and, um, weighted blankets. It can look like eating candy. The same way that, you know, aftercare at your home might be opening up a glass of wine or it might be, you know, talking and debriefing with your partner just about your day. So it's the, it's the kind of transitional activity that allows you to move out of the energy you were just in and into the energy of the rest of your day. Mm, I like that. I like that. But again, communication, you have to have the conversation beforehand to know what that looks like for your partner. So yeah, listeners. And sometimes people don't know. You know, I've had several clients who I'm like, okay, so what does aftercare look like for you? And they're like, I have no fucking clue. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. Here's what aftercare looks like for a lot of people I've worked with. Let's try these things. Let's experiment together and see what it is that you like. Um, and I also feel like it's important to say that aftercare is not just for the submissive or for the person who is experiencing the activity, mm-hmm. but doms need aftercare too. So I also been very intentional about, you know, requesting what I need to move from this space into the space of the rest of my day. Oh, I love that. I love that. So there's a responsibility on both for both parties to ensure that everything is okay with one another. I like that. You don't necessarily mainstream, quote unquote, um, see that or hear what's needed for the dom. You always hear, you know, how the dom should be toward the submissive versus Mm -hmm. It's an experience of, of of more than one person. Absolutely. It can be as many people as you consent to being mm-hmm. in that space. But everybody, everybody needs aftercare. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's a concept that it's probably not my brainchild, but I was teaching a class on um, improving care practices uh, for diverse SOGI communities. And it it came to me as I was speaking about acceptance versus normalization. Mm -hmm. And so I I, I challenge people to move from a space of, Hey, I accept quote unquote, these people, or I accept people because for me that that's you're developing a hierarchy for me to accept you. I have to approve of what you're doing, which makes me feel as though there's a power there that I should not have. Right. Mm. But when things are normalized, when things are like, this is a way of life. And just because this is not a, this is not how I live my life does not mean this is not how someone else should, should live theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, when talking about kink and, and reading the resources that I've read, I, how are we, how do we normalize this in a way that people aren't accepting it is just normalization. Absolutely. So we really have to look at what what the word accept means. Mm -hmm. So accept doesn't mean that I support it. Accept doesn't mean that I want to do it. Accept doesn't mean that this is how things are always going to be or how things are always going to go. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, even as I work with clients, we do something called acceptance and commitment therapy, which is where I'm going to ask you to accept your reality as it is right now Mm -hmm. and make the commitment to doing something better if that's in your capacity or make the commitment to gaining more acceptance about this thing that 
you know, we're not going to be able to change. I can't change the fact that this trauma happened to you. I can't change the fact that you are a new person right now. And there's a certain grieving that people have to do, you know, when they, when they're experiencing trauma, because now the person who you were is no longer who you are and you miss that person. But we need to accept that this is, this is who you are and where you are right now. And now we can commit to making a change. Right. Mm -hmm. So when kinky people accept the fact that, that, that niggas be kinky, all that means is knowing that niggas be kinky and that it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's just like when people are, you know, expect experience or accepting other identities, which they don't hold. Queer niggas exist. Trans niggas exist. Right, right. <laughs> Deaf niggas exist. Right. I'm not asking you to accept it and, you know, right. go out and, and make out with somebody of the same sex. I'm asking for you to accept it and to leave me the hell alone. You know, if you're against gay marriage, right. don't have one. But accept that niggas get married. Right. Um, so when we talk about acceptance of the king community, we're just, I, my whole thing is just to know that black people do this. That it is a black person thing. It's not just white shit. It is black shit. Yeah. And normalization is taking off the the kind of taboo and the, oh my gosh, can't believe you said that, right? Mm -hmm. I know, especially when it comes to like me, myself, and how I show up as a master center femme in spaces, um, I get a lot of like side eyes from like older Black women because I didn't buy into the lie that you mm -hmm. got into, right? Mm -hmm. So because I'm out here living free of the lie that you've bought into, now there's, um, now what I'm doing is abnormal. Mm -hmm. Now what I'm doing is unheard of and it's unseen. When in actuality, because I'm doing it and because I'm Black, it automat automatically makes it a normal Black thing, right? Mm -hmm. So we normalize things by having these conversations, by exposing people to them. That doesn't mean you have to do it, but niggas is doing it. Mm -hmm. And if it's not impacting you, let niggas be. Leave niggas alone. Yep. Oh, I love that. You better, you better, you better uh, preach and speak on it today. <laughs> so, how does someone start a journey into the kink community? Say, so there's some curiosity, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm speaking for a friend. The friend is me. Um, how <laughs> does someone start? Like, what, what do you do? Absolutely. So, the first thing that I would say is do some research. Learn some shit. You know, the, the biggest thing about kink for me, especially as, as an academic, especially as a person who likes to learn, I know a lot about a lot of things and a lot of kinks that I don't really have any interest in engaging in, but I know what they are. I know how they work, right? And that means that, you know, maybe it gives me a appreciation in a sense to be able to go out into a kink space and see these things and appreciate like, hell yeah, go you for taking that thing that you wanted and running with it. It's not for me. But you're not, you're not hurting me by living your life, right? right. So I would, the first thing I would say is, is do, some, do some research. You know, the more that you dig into, um, into the Instagrams and into the Twitters, that's where I found a lot of kinky community. That's where I've started some of my kink relationships with POC is on Instagram and is on Twitter. Uh -huh. And you'll find people like myself and like others who are teaching classes. So you come to the class and now here you are, here you are at least 10 people in this room who at least had interest enough to come to the class. Now you start talking to each other in the class, you know, for a lot of black kinky communities, we don't have a lot of kink nightclubs, right? right. I, there's not a black owned kink club in Colorado, mm. but the, the Christmas house does take over houses and we will throw a kinky weekend. We do have lunches, so but that means that you have to be in community with us so you know where those things are. 
So you just go out and you just start trying to build community. You start making friends. You start talking to your friends, normalizing these conversations, and then you'll be surprised what comes out of it. So you said munches. So a munch is a gathering of kinky people, correct? A munch is, at least in my definition, a munch is a space for kinky people and kink-interested people to come together without any kind of pressure of anything kinky or anything sexually happening. So at our munches, we play a lot of games. We have a lot of conversations. We give people the space and opportunity to to connect and explore. And the one thing that, you know, I, yeah, I've been in this kink game for eight plus years. You just found us on Facebook and you were interested. So now here's your opportunity to, to speak to me and interact with me and, and feel my energy and my vibe, see what kink has done for me. So it's a space for kink interested and kinky people to come together in a non-pressure, non-sexual situation and just build community. Now, what y'all do after the munch? That ain't got nothing to do with it. That ain't got nothing to do with it. Got you. Okay. Okay. Because I remember hearing that term before. I was like, oh, I know what that is. Yay. I know a thing. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for spending time with me. Really quick. What are your top three sex tips for couples? Ooh, my top three sex tips for couples. Mm -hmm. I would say have conversations about what intimacy means for you. So one of my tips is just have more conversations, but let me give you an actual thing to talk about. I want you to talk about the concept of intimacy. And I also want you to hold on to the fact that there are several different kinds of intimacy. There's platonic intimacy, romantic intimacy, financial intimacy, spiritual intimacy. Mm-hmm. Get into this conversation about what intimacy looks and feels like for you and when you feel the most seen and appreciated. Mm, that's a good one. My, yeah. My second tip is lube is your friend. Yes. Not everybody got WAP. Some of us got to buy bottled WAP. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. fine. Go get you some bottled WAP. Lube, lube is your friend. With enough, if, with enough lube and enough patience, you can get anything anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of lubes. There's tingly lubes. There's cannabis lubes. There's heat up lubes. There's glow in the dark lube. Go get you some lube. Yep, and have some fun. Um, and my third tip for couples is to know the difference between like quality time and spending time together, like intentionally Ooh. going to an activity to spend time together. So if y'all are like like me and my partner, we watch Handmaids um, every Wednesday when it drops. But so we're spending time together. But that's not necessarily quality time, right? We're bonding over a similar experience, but it's not necessarily QT time. So QT time is like going out on dates. It's going out and interacting in community or interacting with each other. You know, it's all about having an experience that you're able to share together and you're able to look back on. But it's one that you have planned. It's one that you are very intentional about instead of just, you know, the sweet nothings y'all are saying to each other in the bed in the morning. Right. That's time. Right. That's time well spent, but it's not necessarily quality, quality time. I love that. That's a really good one. Okay. Sexual resources. What sexual resources would you recommend for Black couples? Um, Sexual resources for Black couples. Um, So you follow me on the internet. Mm-hmm. I teach a lot of different courses about um, 
you know, one of my favorite courses I'm teaching right now is about arousal and desire and, you know, helping people track their own arousal and pay attention to their own desires because our brain is the first organ that's going to get interested in, excuse me, in engaging in sexy time. And if the brain's not in it, ain't nothing else going to be in it either. So if you understand, you know, your arousal, if you're understanding how your body's responding, that can be really helpful. And I also teach kinky shit. I'll teach you how to tie your partner up and spank them and choke them and set them on fire and all that shit. Um, All the great Okay. (laughs) How can they find you? What, what, where, where can they go? I am a good sexual resource. Um, Well, Dr. Lex at the sexuality Institute. Oh, she's a couples. Yes. She's a couples therapist, and she works a lot with couples on helping them build their communication and understand their needs and advocating for themselves. It's one of my mentors for sure. So I definitely mm-hmm. recommend her. Um, and another resource for couples is to get away, to get away with just each other and really focus on each other. And you know, I hear we don't got no money. We got time. We got kids. You got you got time for the things that's important for you. And if you're not prioritizing your relationship, if you're not prioritizing Mm -hmm. each other, if you're not taking care of it, um, because what I like to say when couples come to me is that those individuals, you two, you are not my client. Mm -hmm. Your relationship is my client. And I like to think of the relationship as a puppy. And so we're here to talk about if y'all are feeding the puppy, if y'all are walking the puppy, if y'all are loving on the puppy, if you're giving the puppy all the things that it needs. So you do have to be intentional about putting into your relationship Because that's what happens, you know, when people get an empty nest, they spend all their time kind of worrying about their kids. And now they wake up without these children and they don't know who this other person is who's in front of them. Absolutely. So you really have to take time to get away with just you and your partner. Because even before the kids got there, all y'all have is each other. Yep. And so the kids are dependent on y'all to be good as well. Oh, yes. You have to pour into your relationship regardless. You have to pour it. So if it matters to you, you pour into it. So absolutely. Absolutely. So where can our listeners find you? Yes. So you can find me on um, Instagram and Twitter at honestly N-A-E and not Facebook because Facebook's a hater. So Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then you can find me at my website, honestlynay.com. And through honestlynay.com, you'll also find the Chrysalis House and you'll also find my mental health private practice, should you be interested in those aspects of me as well. And um, Sire, my Dom personality, also has their own Instagram, which is I underscore am S-Y-R-E, Sire. Mm, I love it. Love it. Shanae, thank you so much for taking up some time with me. I really appreciate you coming, schooling us on kink. You guys go check out her IG, go check out Instagram, get in one of these classes because I'm definitely going to book the next class that comes comes from Shanae. Okay. Thank Come you. through.